conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash Girls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash Girls. Sign up today. I love my double D's, diamonds and drama. <laughs> Talking is my game, and I am here to play. Oh, you guys, yes, I am so excited for the fucking, the thrill of this game already. We've been volleying a little bit back and forth before we started recording, and I am primed and ready to go. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 244, and I'm so excited to be joined by one of my favorite people, favorite content creators, favorite podcasters, and favorite AG guests. You know her as the talk of shame, and also uh, a new podcast with Lemonade uh, Media that's coming out next week called I'm Sorry, I Am Never Sorry to See Her. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, Kiki Monique. I love that you called it lemonade because Is it not? <laughs> it's lemonada. But it was like, you know, you were like, I'm gonna give it the, the American version. It's <gasps> lemonade. <laughs> you know what? And I went to their fucking handle, justice for A's, by the way, as a as a B, I can say that. Lemonada media. They have a lemon as their fucking. You look at that quickly. Yes, it's true. Listen, much like Teresa, much like Erica, I don't, people don't show me things. I just go based off of what they tell me. And I saw a picture of a lime, a lemon. It's fair. It's fair. It's fair. All citrus is equal. Thank you. (laughs) Just put a couple of them in a bowl. You know what I'm saying? A la Shan. Uh, Lemonada Media. I'm, well, listen, the name of the show is I'm Sorry. So I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) Exactly. You're you're fitting right in. I love this. I love it. Was it a purposeful choice? Maybe. We'll never know. I mean, nobody will ever know what our volume was about. Maybe it was about (laughs) the lemonade to lemonada. Maybe it was. Maybe we were just making sure that you guys were paying attention on this blissful uh, bagel Friday. Listen, how are you? You're in uh, L.A. I'm in New York. How is it going on your side of the coast? 
Um, it's good. It's like, for some reason it's been gray and like, you know, because this is my first fallout here, I don't know if it's gray because it's actually just the sun isn't shining or if it's blocked by fire clouds. Cause I never know when we're on fire. Apparently this is when we start being on fire is what I hear. So I don't know. Well, um, number one, that's modest, moderately disconcerting to hear. So that's that's a fun little adventure that you're in for. Number two, the fact that I was able to hold back the laugh when someone says fall and they're living in L.A. Like I really kept it together and I'm very proud of myself. So add an additional lemon to the bowl for me. Like that's that's adorable that you guys think that you have fall. I think that's really cute. I know. I will say I look, I'm excited to you know, spend my first birthday at a beach because I'm a November baby. I've never, oh. I'm a Thanksgiving baby on top of that. Oh, so on top God. of like- I'm so sorry if you're lost, well, honestly. As a kid, it was it's my favorite holiday. So as a kid, of course I love being around my family and all it is about eating and watching football and just like sleeping, like perfect. As an adult, you know, not as fun. Nobody's around. Nobody wants to hang out with you. They have their own families to, to, to hang out with on the holidays. Okay. Here's my Oprah with Harry and Megan. Were you silent or were you silenced moment? Is Thanksgiving your favorite holiday because it's your favorite holiday or is it your favorite holiday because your birthday is right around the corner? I think it's my favorite holiday because it's my favorite holiday. Wow. Because even though I do not like turkey. I actually despise turkey. Even though turkeys now have come a long way, like smoked turkeys and fried turkeys, mm -hmm. they make it taste better. We always got ham. So I was always very excited about the ham, but it was like, it's everything that Christmas has without all of the like stress of like presents. Yes. I, and so I like that. Also when Thanksgiving is good, you are somewhat thankful versus as a Jew, Christmas, when people ask, my mother asks me to come home for Christmas and I'm like, bitch, we don't celebrate it. We are Jewish people. You cannot apply the guilt of Jewish momming to the birth of Jesus Christ. Like, how does that work? But she does it and she does it well. Listen, a woman of faith. Um, when it comes to Christmas, it's like, it's like a Thursday to me. I, I love to watch people go through it. And I love to watch people go through it like it's a crisis. I love to watch people celebrate it. I love seeing the decorations. I love the vibe in New York, but I, I don't participate in it. So the idea of Thanksgiving being a Christmas without a distress. I love that. I yeah. think that's exactly right. Totally. I think that's exactly right. Um, speaking of things exactly right, just want to give a shout out to science. I got my third shot today, my third dose of Moderna, which I qualify Woo! for Woo! here in New York City as someone who is immunocompromised. It was easy peasy. If you go on my social, I have a highlight saved called My Vax Yelp that walks you through the experience of each dose that I've received and feeling good, feeling zesty. Had some uh, turtle time while in the waiting area of this delightful, cute um, pharmacy on the Upper East Side when a woman came in in full Ramona mode. Maybe she had also forgotten to eat because she was an actual monster to the people working there. They have known her as she told me, as they told me, they she's gone there for 30 years. They know all there is to know about her. And they're like, she doesn't qualify. And she knows this. She's just trying to like bully us into giving her the vax whenever she wants. And I 
it's like a Ramona in the wild. These women <laughs> do exist and they are all horrible people. And so I listened in as I do. I had 10 yeah. 15 minutes of like observation to kill. So I was like listening to her and her ordering them to like, and they're trying to explain to her, you have to be down online or whatever. And I was like, ma'am, do you not have the internet? Because I am happy to help you on my phone. Like maybe you don't have access to it because she was saying I'm older. You know, yeah. And I was like, this is a, this could be a valid problem. Mm -hmm. Um, she, and I also wanted to like sneak in the, if it's a problem with access, since I know that your number one thing in life is probably a la Ramona cash. Let's let me ask you, I don't know. I can't judge a person. You might not, which I knew would be her trigger as yeah. it was. And she was like, oh, blah, 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 I'm older. And I was like, which is a genuine under, as Jen Shaw's customers know, old, there are a lot of people who are not tech savvy. I include myself, honestly, in that group. So I was like, oh, I'm happy to walk you through. And then she just started losing her mind and was like, yelling at them berating them and I was like and she's like you know it's a difficult time and I was like babe it's a difficult time you do not have the right to ever speak to someone regardless in the manner that they are doing their job and you're behaving in a way that is unacceptable and I was like she was getting elevated and I was like purring like a kitten because I knew that would piss her off more and she was someone had just passed in her life which they also knew about we talked about it after and I was like I'm so sorry for your loss it gives you literally no excuse to be abusive two people yeah. IRL and she finally like literally slithered away after <laughs> ordering them to call her on Monday meanwhile she doesn't qualify and they told me after they're like she is a fucking dick but um it's just who she is and I was like there's no and again if that if that is her underlying condition being an asshole god bless it just you don't qualify for it anything yet but it was a little window into what it must be to ever come into contact with Ramona Singer oh my god IRL. I can't I can't even imagine yeah I mean everyone I know who I've spoken with who's ever had any sort of interaction with Ramona pretty much is like it was it was terrible it was a terrible experience she's like not a nice person um and I just feel so bad for anyone who has like a consumer facing like retail like mm. delivery because people are just we were in a really nice place at the very beginning of lockdown everyone was so it was like the whole world was going yes. through this right and we all I felt like we were connected in mm -hmm. that like misery um, mm -hmm. we were being so nice to each other now we've reached the other part uh, other side where now we're sort of fed up with people again for various reasons like you know and like we're just getting really awful again. Yeah, and except now we're able to weaponize COVID as like the, I'm going to treat you however I want, but it's, I'm not responsible for that. You know, I didn't have my dinner on time or there's a pandemic. And there are reasons I've lost my mind. I've been, I'm sure, a dick. Uh, I, I can't think of to who, but absolutely it has happened uh, since COVID, maybe because of the stress of COVID. And you know what you do if you're an adult is that you apologize yeah. because it's ultimately it is an explanation. It's not an excuse. And the DNA of excuse my behavior because I was hungry or tired that excuses a lifetime of being a bad person to me is wildly offensive. 
wildly offensive. It's so true. And like, you know, it's another reason why I'm very excited about my podcast. I'm sorry, just because exploring just like the, just the initial saying, I'm sorry. The fact that that part is so hard for people is so interesting. And I will say I am included in that. I'm not one that's like always quick to say, I'm sorry, unless I really feel like I've done something wrong, but sometimes somebody else just thinks you've done something wrong. And I'm like, I don't know if I necessarily owe you an apology because I don't necessarily think I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's where we find conflict. <laughs> <I'm-> <laughs> and what do you do with someone who's a um, an apologizer like Ramona, where she'll just, be, I'm sorry. Like, and then she'll just keep it moving because she, and everyone knows she'll do it again, but you can pretend to continue to stand her because uh, she said, I'm sorry. She was hungry. Like, how does that work? Yeah. The over-apologizer is just as bad as the non-apologizer because Mm. they've now just realized it's just become like an an automatic response. And like, yeah, Mm. they just keep moving through life and they're not actually absorbing anything or taking anything away. And so uh, that's probably even worse. I mean, speaking of worse, listen, I want to talk to you about Beverly Hills for forever, but I feel like much like Ramona, you know, gotta eat the meal before we can get to the dessert. And this is a really shitty amuse-bouche. It's like a appetizer that's gone rancid. Um, But we should maybe talk about this week of New York. I'm curious um, for your thoughts watching it and, and, you know, what you've seen of the feedback that's followed. You know, it was interesting, this particular episode I watched, I actually watched with my friend who is not a Housewives watcher. Oh, no, um, we lost one. We lost <laughs> one before we got him. All right. But, you know, she will watch with me when she knows, like, it's like, you know, certain episodes I have to watch in real time. And we were going out later that day. And I was like, I got to mm. watch this. And she's like, I'll watch it. And I also was like, and I want you to watch it with me because she's Jewish. And I said, you, you know, and I had to give her, I kind of took her back to the episode before yes. and I said let me just show you the end of yes. it so you can see the scene <laughs> as we're leading up into this part two mm-hmm. um and I just was I kept looking at her the whole time just to see what her reactions were and she's just like wide eye like what what is happening I'm like okay great so like people who don't even know any of these characters are having this like what the fuck is going on moment so mm-hmm. we're not all crazy like this is this is really happening. We are not overly invested in these people and feeling some type of way. People who don't even know them think this is a problem and that Ramona is a terrible, horrible person. Yeah, and there's been some response from people online, like friend of the housewives ideal, Michael Rappaport, who said in a video that he posted to Instagram, <laughs> shout out to Michael uh, Rappaport, wherever you are. Uh, actually, he lives in my area. He's also a, a Yorkville resident here in New York. Um, uh, and he put out a video that said something along the lines of, how dare you question or criticize these women? They're OGs. Um, they deserve our respect and support. Um, and any kind of critique is absolutely insane. And he said this directly on the heels of a lot of content creators, um, especially black Bravoholics, Jewish Bravoholics, black Jewish Bravoholics, who were maybe triggered, very upset by what she, how she behaved and what she said. And 
his reaction to that was essentially shut the fuck up. Um, how do you process that as someone who, you know, uh, very well and very beautifully is able to encapsulate and hold people accountable uh, in various at various times, including within Bravo? I look. I was shocked. So I, I have had a crush on Michael Rappaport mm. since zebra head days okay and it, i told him this because he was on watch what happens live and i was at the after show and asked you know, i was asking giselle a question but i let mm. michael know that i had a crush on him um and even in that episode i mean he was fervently even supporting erica in that episode yes. which i was i was like i mean look i've told people erica jane has always been one of my favorites i still like her that doesn't mean that I'm not going to question a lot of the things that are going mm -hmm. on, but he was sort of just sort of blindly like, you should just support her. And so yesterday as I'm scrolling, scrolling through the gram <laughs> and he pops up and he starts, I hear him just like, you know, I was very surprised because mm -hmm. the Michael Rappaport, I know, I just, I know he's a loud mouth and I know he's always going to speak his mind, but I just thought he would have had a little more, understanding of why people wouldn't just support the OGs in this moment, because what they were saying and doing has to be questioned. You know, Ramona, to first of all, to insert herself in every single conversation and make it about herself. I've never heard someone say, all the Jewish people hated me at college. Like, what? What does that mean? And that was the moment, I will say, Leah, with her comeback, I'm like, I'm sure everyone hated you yes, at college. I phenomenal. mean, okay, I was on the floor. <laughs> I, I passed away. That was hilarious. But I was like, how is this? And then when she said, you know, uh, you know, Italians and Jewish people have, and I'm like, what are you talking about right now? Like, this yeah. isn't about you. You were not oppressed. Like, I don't understand. And then obviously when we got to the moment where the black woman was talking about her experience in the hospital, you know, this is something that has been really important to me because I mean, I shared on my Instagram, like one of my, the, the thing that made me go viral on TikTok was the, you know, video I did about, you know, doctors are to black women, what police officers are to black men, because I have myself as several women in my family, several women in my friend group have dealt with like the medical community and look, I love my doctors. My friends are doctors. I want to have doctors in my life. I want to go see the doctors, but I also understand when I go in there, I have had a back pain for over a decade. And at some point when nobody was helping me, I've just stopped going and I've just been living in pain for the last 10 years. I've been living in pain for the last 10 years because nobody believes the pain that I'm in. And so it was really, you know, when, when this woman started talking about her experience in the hospital, I'm obviously drawn in. And then when Ramona starts spouting off about how a, a black nurse wouldn't give her medicine when she was, you know, having her when she, baby or in the hospital, I was like, At what? 40 weeks. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Like, just shut up and listen for a moment and stop trying to like tit for tat everything. Like, it's not about that. Just absorb, just to listen. But at this point, well, not at this point. I've seen said this long ago. I just don't think that she's she's beyond the age, unfortunately, of wanting to learn. And to me, she's one of those people on the fringes that you don't pay attention to. It's like you've got these people on the extremes. You got to focus on the people in the gray area who you can actually have real conversation with, because that's where change happens with those people. The people on the fringe, the extreme, I just leave them alone. I don't think they're worth it. Sorry, they're not. 
when it comes to her age, I mean, how much of it is her age versus the amount of years that she's had as a woman of privilege? You know, because like, let's look at what Sonia is saying. I feel like Sonia has, to me, as a white woman, I've been really kind of at least like, I'm like, all right, she, Sonia is trying as best she can to understand a perspective that she has realized she will never have to go through, if that makes any sense, like as a white woman. And I feel like she's doing her best and she is a woman who I don't know how long Sonia Morgan has been Sonia Morgan of the up, you know, Morgans versus Sonia Tremont. But I don't know how much of that is age. Like, I feel like with Ramona, she's been an asshole probably since she was very young. So it's like the amount of time in which she has been allowed or celebrated for being ignorant it's like that's to me the the measuring scale I don't know is that completely off it could be no I mean you're right I think it's not it's not only age I do think that living you know within a certain privilege for a certain amount of time obviously is going to make that more I just feel like so often we come across and maybe it's just in this mm-hmm. platform these women of this particular age mm-hmm. bracket and I we just see the same thing over and over and over again yeah I mean like look at Lou I don't know the age difference between Lou and Ramona Luann I was like I was honestly a little bit terrified watching the new episode because I'm like she's gonna do something and I'm <laughs> like I'm not gonna be able to like come back from this spot in time and I was actually this is the bar is so low that I'm like oh she looks horrified like good for her for looking that's the that is the bar at this point is is at least uh uh understanding in real time the horror of what has actually happened not trying to bury it below the ground um but she has had some really terrible moments this season too she has and it's like you know, as you know, cause you, you know, you run a site, you get a lot of DMS from people. And mm-hmm. a lot of these DMS are from people. Sometimes we can actually ver- verify who work behind the scenes and give us information. Right. And I hear a lot of things about what really happened in a, in a moment and what was left on the cutting room floor. And that because I'm getting that additional information, it's also skewing how I'm watching the show. So like even in the moments where Luann may like horrified and you're like, I'm also remembering what someone has said. And I'm like, is she horrified because she's like, oh, don't go there or because she's actually horrified. Like, I, I don't know sometimes because sometimes what I hear is like, oh, well, you know, Luann did this behind the scenes. So maybe, you know. What did Luann do behind the scenes? I mean, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) The way my ears are like, beep. (laughs) I'm feeling, I'm feeling Giovanni and also needing to get a little bit of a sense of those receipts. Here's the thing. It's like, I do, you know, I love to spill tea, but I'm also yeah. like, my page isn't just purely gossip yeah, yeah, yeah. and hearsay. Of course, so, of course. And sometimes when people share stuff with me, when they're super close, especially who I really trust, I actually never reveal that information because mm-hmm. I just want to have that conversation with the person who's sharing. But, you know, there was just something I had heard about Luann behind the scenes that really just like kind of 
was like shocking and you know because I like Luann I mean she's done a lot of fucked up shit before but you know I've always been like but like when I heard that I was kind of like oh I don't know how I feel about that and so now I've been watching it through that lens of like again when she's in those scenes and she's looking horrified at Ramona is she actually horrified at Ramona or, or is she just like shut up like don't go there so here's my question, and mm-hmm. you can feel free to say I'm going to decline to respond. Okay. Is this tea related to Black Shabbat, or is this tea related to Sag Harbor? That This tea was related to Sag Harbor. Yeah, then I know what, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Um. what to do with a problem like Lou? Uh, I... I think that's a really, you know, we can get into the performative aspect of empathy or disgust. And sometimes that's happening because a person doesn't know how to react. And sometimes that's happening because the person says, you know what, TV, I'm going to put on a show. And I think we saw examples of that specific to Ramona in the lunch that actually Lou hosted later on in the app where... Ramona is playing the part of you can tell she is not a person who understands empathy I don't know that she knows how to process it outside of her own experience or even the need for it maybe is the better point but you can watch in these moments Ramona her ear her eyes get a little wild and she's like oh I had no I you know the gesticulating the interrupting but just to be like I need to show to you that I am surprised (laughs) while I explain to you what you experienced which may or may not be actually you know based in fact according to what is coming out of my mouth like I'm defining for you the literal legal terminology while I am not a lawyer and I don't know that she's even watched one on TV you know like yeah there is a performance there that she is so Lou would not be the first yeah agreed yeah I mean every everything about Ramona is like I'm talking because I need to hear myself talk and I'm going to keep talking because if I'm talking it means I'm saying something that's all I hear it's a lot of Mm -hmm. that how did you feel about the ways that Ebony was trying to maneuver I would say, or manage um, that that night of filming, which is really what it was at the end of the day at Black Shabbat. You know, it's so funny because obviously I feel like, not that I'm close with Ebony, we're not friends, mm-hmm. but you know, we have followed each other online now yeah, yeah, yeah. and I've really started to, obviously a lot of the things she's bringing up, like I want to um, amplify and, and push out. But I will say in the beginning, I was like, this isn't how I would do it. I don't, you know, I don't like this approach. And it wasn't until she had said, I don't know if it was an interview I was listening, I can't remember, where she addressed that. She said, that that may not be how you do it, but this is how I do it. And I and I had to really take that in. And I said, You're right. That isn't how I would do it. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to Harlem and I wouldn't give people place cards and I wouldn't do it that way. But I also probably wouldn't have the energy for someone like Ramona because I again I don't I think she's thick-headed she's never going to get through it I wouldn't waste my Mm. time I would spend my time with uh, Sonia I would spend my time even with Luann who felt like maybe there would be something there but Ramona I wouldn't but once she said that I realized okay I can't keep putting on her how I would approach the situation because it's not I'm not there it's not for me 
Um, so once I realized that I, again, I started looking at it through a different lens. Um, but in general, I just feel like she's been handed these, this group of women and it's just not, it's just, it's just not the audience that is going to like receive her in the way she should be received. Unfortunately. I feel like Ebony is in a lose, lose specific to black Shabbat or anything else in the sense that if she had thrown Ramona out, let's say, as was done to her in the Hamptons, she would not have been playing by her, the rules of production, the rules of her employers. And that's to me, the darkest part of this. The producers knew exactly what they were doing in having the event in the way that they did and in the lunch that followed and having Ramona there both times, their understanding of what is entertainment to me crossed the line in both of those instances in the sense that you have other people here who aren't in the cast, regardless of that anti-Semitism and racism, no good. But you have people here who aren't in the cast who are likely not being compensated for their time and the like genuine, I say this genuinely, the trauma of what that must have been to be in a position where you're being vulnerable for a camera crew and then someone is like telling you that your reality is wrong. So that to me is a, is a weird angle to approach and the idea of the Shabbat and having Ramona there is an exercise in the worst kind of chaos like the way that they positioned the episode as a to be continued on the heels of her saying some really damaging and offensive things is horrifying and so Ebony's place in that it's like you understand that in the eyes of production, the people who are actually in charge of this show or the network or whomever, it's like they maybe kind of want this to happen where they they want there to be an explosion. So are you going to be the one you're the newest to the game inside Housewives? You're the first black housewife in New York. Are you going to be the one who is going to get in the middle of that when it comes to like genuinely this is her job. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not a fair position to be in because if she interrupts this, regardless of what we would do from a moral perspective and none of us are in her position and also she shouldn't be responsible for it at the end of the day, like, hello. (laughs) Um, But if she does that, there could be pushback from a job perspective of like, no, we want her to stay. It's why she was there for the fucking follow up lunch. They want her to say ignorant and offensive things. It's not to teach people. Ramona is not there as a teachable experience. If she was, they would have commented, put out a statement or anything else. They consider this kind of ignorance entertainment. And that to me, it's like so unfair to Ebony because through the lens of her experience, I just don't see a win. No, I I don't either. I definitely don't. But I think now, you know, better than I do a lot of these things. The production company that does Roni is the same production company that does Beverly Hills. Oh my God. It's like when people are like, which one's high rated? And then I just, I like nod off. I'm like, well, what's happening? There are certain things that I don't peep. I know them, but then I forget. I never remember. I, for some reason, I don't 
care. And I mean that in the most... Like, I just, there are parts of my brain where math used to exist and yeah. sometimes science where I'm like, what is happening? But I'm going to do a quick Goog while, while we're talking. Tell me your... Because, okay, yeah, my understanding is that it's the same production company. And if it is, I just, I find it interesting because they have been able to craft, you know, Beverly Hills, all the conversations, even when it touches on race in a way that I think the audience, even if you are like one of those people that's like, this doesn't belong on TV. You're not mm-hmm. saying that about Beverly Hills because yeah. the way it's it's edited and crafted, it flows right, the conversation happens. But a big part of that is the people in the room who are mm. willing to have the conversation. Because even when they're not comfortable in the conversation, like in that very first scene, Sutton was not comfortable with the conversation, obviously, mm-hmm. but it happened. And look where we are. Look, I've I've always been, I, I've always liked Sutton. I know a lot of people did. I've always liked Sutton, even when we went through that whole thing. So I didn't feel any any type of way, but a lot of people mm-hmm. now come around and people who didn't like her then like her now. And like, we've gone through that journey with her. Whereas in New York, it's just impossible because of the players who are meant to have these conversations. They're just, they're fighting it tooth and nail. And, and I think in their mind, they think they, they think they know how it's going to play out on television because they've been on television for so long. So mm. because of that, they're like shutting it down or, you know, I don't want to come across this. So I'm going to, you know, turn it this way. And, and it's just, it's getting messy. And yeah, I, I have a headache a lot of times at the end of each show. Cause I'm just like, it's it, it, exhausting. Um, Evolution produces Beverly Hills. I don't know if Shed produces New York, but let's okay. just say because it's not easily available on okay. their readily available on their um, IG. Let's just say yes. Uh, oh yeah, they do. Shed does New York. Okay. And Evolution does Beverly Hills, um, okay. among other shows for both. Uh, yeah, I mean maybe that can help explain it. I also think like this is the cast that they chose. They made a strategic choice, and then maybe as time went on in production they're like wow we might be a little bit fucked so let's do this thing because we know the climate is what it is and maybe this will be like timely I I I really think it was a concerted effort I mean just in the sense obviously of of the ways that they have edited and the ways that they seemingly produce the app this is they got exactly what they were looking for I think to them it was like sort of a win which is the grossest part of it to me yeah um, and it's yeah and again which is why I push you gotta have diversity behind the camera because mm-hmm. if I had been sitting behind in that editing room and certain things had come out I would be like absolutely not or we need to also include this because this will not make sense to a viewer or they're just going to get triggered I mean obviously in the you know the Sag Harbor you know, lunch debacle mm. and the whole to be continued. I mean, r- remember the outrage, like at least our community we had after that episode, right? And we were on fire, you know, doing clubhouses, doing posts. And then it was like, we sort of saw the second episode and we got more answers out of that. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that I was like, why? That wasn't fair of them to do that to me. They put me in this really traumatic space to have to wait a week And by the next week, like there was some resolution a bit between, you know, between them. But yeah, I didn't like that roller coaster they put me on, which is why I I don't even respond to things after the to be until the to be continued episode has happened. I was Mm. like, let me see this Shabbat dinner all the way through because it's it seems 
horrific, but there also might be just putting me in a position to feel outraged so that I can post about it and go online and build up ratings for them. Let me just, let me see it the whole way through before I even start talking about it. Yeah. And it's like, it's just so fucking dark what they're doing. It's just sinking as a New Yorker, you know, there's hometown pride in uh, the New York franchise. And it's just like, I truly think this, it stinks. It stinks big. I don't, when it comes to what to do about it, you know, it's a separate conversation, but I just know that the season is fucked. It's the worst of New York. I would call it honestly, genuinely one of the worst of all time. And I just, you know, it's like you think about the to be continued on New York and it's like, wow, I'm going to feel worse again next week. I cannot wait to watch this that you're telling me it's going to make me feel bad as a person, as a Jew, as a content creator. And then if they put a fucking to be continued on Beverly Hills, <laughs> I would be like, yes, absolutely. It's to be continued. More drama. Yes, please. Like, yes. put that straight in me. Like, give me a I don't need a serving spoon. Like, I just put it uh, every a third a cup, half, like three quarters. The ingredients are there and the recipe is sublime. Like there uh, there's a history and a, and a way to use the idea of next week is going to be explosive, which to me in New York is like them telling me they want to actively harm the experience <laughs> of liking outsides. And in Beverly Hills, it's like, yes, you deserve this. Yes. Like, you are survivor. More, yeah. more and better and good. It's, it's so fascinating. true. It's so true. Um, Listen, Beverly Hills this week. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say it. We're talking about greatest and sometimes that's worst. One of the greatest episodes of all time of any franchise. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Every every episode has been better than the last. Mm-hmm. Every single episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't. I've watched it only three times. I've watched the after <laughs> show twice. Um, I, you know, I've gone through a little bit of a process here on Aging oh, yeah? People Know About Erica. Where okay. I was like steaming mad, read the LA Times. Unlike some of her cast members, I read it in full and, um, you know, had some feels. And then I recorded an episode uh, at some point, I forget which one, to be honest, where the idea was introduced of like, but it is possible she didn't know. And I understand that concept but never felt it before and I was like oh my god how does this work if she didn't know because we will we will never know if she didn't know you know like whether or not she and then you know I've been carrying that through me and like you know but going back and forth every week and like fun times in the online yada yada as more news comes out and then this fucking episode airs and I look at her face and I am both shaken and mesmerized by this woman who is being so emotionally and strategically manipulative, which is how I experienced it. And I could be uh, wrong. You guys don't have to agree with me. That's not the point of this. <laughs> it's not the way to show it. I was just like, oh my God, she is no wonder she and Rena are friends. Like she is driving this train in such a way it's not even about centering yourself as the victim or the conversation about the victim she's saying things in a controlled manner maybe for good reason but in such a way of like 
you know, of course the victims are number one. The idea of saying, of course, you know, of course they were most harmed. It felt like she was checking it off the list while still continuing this oddly in support of Tom narrative that I thought was really harmful to a lot of, not like in a harmful way, but like really was kind of like to people who have been giving her the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I will say that this episode definitely, it's gotten better and better. It's unfortunately made her (laughs) (laughs) not been better and better for her. And I'm not, it's just so funny because it's like, as the show is getting better, I'm like, oh, this isn't good for her. But like, this is wonderfully excellent TV narrative story, whatever else. You know, but she's doing, here's what I will say. She is doing what, I will say this is probably my personality type is too. Um, Sometimes I dig in and whether I'm right or wrong, I show up. And I'm not going to back down and I will answer every question in the way I need to answer it. Mm -hmm. And by not running away, I feel like it gives me more like, see what I'm saying is accurate and true and right. And she's doing that. So the fact that she's showing up and in her tweets, you know, basically alluded to, she's not going anywhere and she will be on every single episode. um, I'm like, wow, it's not helping her um but i think for her own her own (laughs) self she has to do it because she's like if i run away i look guilty right so i have to sit here and and take it but by taking it she has people she doesn't just have the renas and the kyles and like who are just gonna like softball it you know every everyone at that table was afraid of well not everyone i'm taking out sutton garcelle Mm -hmm. Uh, and even crystal i'll take out but Everyone else at that table was totally scared of Erica and Kathy. Mm-hmm. Every time Kathy would, you know, perk up, you know, it was a different reaction, right? Like I don't, they don't want to piss off Kathy. Um, even Erica, like, you know, when, you know, she dug into Erica with the whole like good practice, you know, and Erica <laughs> laughed it off. If Sutton had said to Erica, no, good practice, game over. Game I over. mean, she would have backhanded her the way Stassi did at Kristen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, also sidebar, Kathy said on the after show, she's like, listen, I didn't actually even know like what the story was. And so she said she had to excuse herself to go to the bathroom to cry because she's like, I really thought it was like tax related. She didn't know. She had no idea, which is like, so it's like, Kathy, you're the sweetest. Like, I, I love you so much. But like the Kathy's ability to not understand what's going on because she doesn't care is like one of the most iconic qualities of a friend of of all time. Like she, it's not even that she like didn't read the story. She didn't read a pickup of it or whatever. She was at brunch probably. She was at the polo club. You know, like she's just she is a mother and she is a friend and she is a human person in this world. And, you know, it just didn't come up. You know, she had other things to do and say. And for her in that moment to be like, what about burn victims? Like she truly, she said like, I had to leave the table because, and I was, I felt for her and I'm like so empathetic to Kathy because she's my, she's my number one right now spiritually. But just the idea that like, we're talking about like specific 
financial examples of fraud that was done and like how do you not know that you 20 million dollars whatever else and kathy's like what is happening <laughs> like what i mean i can i can and that is why like it's also so interesting that you know the two of them erica and kathy are together because you know going back to that was it two weeks ago where erica was saying you know you know, I had to go into a bank for the first time. And, you know, I've never mm. even known how to make a deposit. And Kathy was like, you know, yeah, neither have I. The difference is, I believe Kathy, Kathy met Rick when she was 15 <laughs> years old, got yeah. married when she was like 19 or whatever. Mm -hmm. I legitimately know that Kathy has lived this life. I think Erica aspired to that life. And she mm -hmm. felt she had found that life with Tom, that she could be this actual housewife that didn't have to think about these things. But the reality was she was still... She's a, she was a working single mom before. Like she actually never lost that brain. Whereas like Kathy, like didn't have to develop that side of her. Right. She's like, and so what Erica is aspiring to is how she's playing it out. Like, you know, I never saw the books. I never did these things, but we unfortunately don't believe you because we know you're smart. We know that you have this brain and that's where it's like, it's difficult for a, a lot of people. Now, mind you, I know that when you get into business relationships, you know, mm -hmm. business relationships and, and marriages are the same, you know, and you have to trust the person that you are working with, that you're married to. And like Kathy said, like, you know, Rick comes in with a piece of paper and tells me to sign, I sign because I trust sign. my husband. And mm -hmm. so I'm sure in the beginning of the marriage, that absolutely happened with Erica, right? Like this is the, the rich man taking care of me. If he tells me I need to sign something, but I think it definitely gets to a point where if, you know, you set up your own LLC and, you know, you start asking for $20 million. I just think that I just don't know how someone with Erica's brain would not just, I don't know, you would just ask something. I mean, and there's a difference between I didn't see the books, quote unquote, and um, her in interviews talking about how, for example, you know, like they donated $2 million to charity. Like, how do you know that $2 million? Like, there are ways that we can, $40,000 a month in glam. How do you know that it's that much? How do you know that you can afford these things? Like, page six, um, crafty motherfuckers that they are, shout outs to the kings and queens, uh, to the royals over at the New York Post for this alone put out an article like five seconds after the episode that broke down the ways that she went through $25 million, including over $14 million on her Amex alone between 2008 and 2020. And my question to you is, you know, she, she, it's a great soundbite and a great dramatic moment of like, he better, I have no idea where they are. You know, you better ask him, you know, if we have this amount of money, somebody tell me where it is. And it's like, babe, as Sutton said, which none of these women seem to understand or refuse to process, she spent it. You can see it on her face. You can see it on the panther ring. She tells you that the victims are number one. She's also refusing to hand over all of the jewelry, some of which was maybe on this Amex, most of it maybe from other places, that because she considers it like a fucking you know, not community property, a gift. She's saying she wants the victims to get their money back. She's just refusing to give it to them. So yeah. when we talk about it's not as, again, Queen Sutton is, as Sutton said, it's not like you're looking for it on an island, which I guess is like Dorit's preferred path. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it's like 
she's where you saw her. We have a reality show that backs up the fact that she had hun- the sh- anniversary or birthday fucking Chagall. Like we have seen her spend seemingly millions of dollars through her time on Beverly Hills. How do we not? It's the her disinterest in making that connection that she, regardless of whether or not she knew, regardless of whether or not she enabled this, the fact that she has profited from it Mm -hmm. is the question she will never answer. Yeah. I mean, having to hand over every single piece of nope. property jewelry would never clothing. do it drag me out nope <sighs> yeah like mm. I mean people know I will be the woman who lives under her shoes because that's <laughs> frankly all that I have left right now are these fucking Manolos that I got 90% off but I mean I also haven't you know, had the opportunity to steal from burn victims yeah. and people whose families died in a plane crash. So it's like, do I, would I want to do that? No. But if it was purchased with stolen fucking funds. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You have memories with that Panther ring, like put on a Barbara album and have a cry. It's, it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to them. Yeah, I think Judge Judy, I can't remember the exact line that she always used, but it's something about like an apple from the poison bunch or whatever the poison tree. I know, don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining, (laughs) which is Sonia's favorite. But But it's um, like basically like you can't, you know, take this apple that comes from a poison tree or something and think like I could keep this apple. Like, no, it's all from like something bad and you have to like accept that. You know, if, if I married a bank robber and you know didn't know he was a bank robber but was driving around in a maserati and no i haven't worked a day in my life god you bless. know if somebody comes to me like how did you get the maserati um the only funds we see is from bank robbery then i mean you know, i probably have to give the maserati back <laughs> and i don't think these the weaponization of people not including erica who may be harmed by tom's crimes is like so beyond agree that is the gaslighting that Erica and Rinna have pursued that has annoyed me the most like absolutely Sutton isn't saying she plans to sue anyone of course you're going to speak to a lawyer legal counsel somebody's partner a friend an accountant whomever it is to get an understanding because your friend isn't saying shit and maybe there's reason that they're not but you deserve to have that information because this man was placed into your professional and personal life because of your friend it turns out he is an active criminal are you going to find out information about that before you participate in a reality show with this person absolutely like why is that a wild thing to do it's not and i i hate that's that part i hate because all of these women know that the lawyer is on speed dial at all times like even when luann tried to give leah shit for you know wanting to get Mm -hmm. her lawyer involved in in the song it's like boom this is what normal people do every single step i make in my life that involves a contract i I mean, I don't have an attorney. I luckily have friends who are attorneys and I'm like, hey, read this for me. 
Everyone does that. So like, stop trying to make me look like I'm a bad person because I'm getting the lawyers involved. So, I mean, look, I, for a second, you know, cause there's that thing going around after uh, the Kate Casey interview she did with the journalists who were mm. looking into Tom's crash down the cliff and saying that, you know, they've been looking into Pasadena police reports and like, they haven't found it. Even I this morning was like, oh my gosh, I did that TikTok um, of going to the cliff. What if yes, they yes. tried to like, you know, go and say like, well, you were there, right? And did the cliff look like <laughs> someone could have gone down? I mean, I was even thinking about it. Like, I don't know. I could be called in, dep- deposed. <laughs> but like, why can't be exactly right? Nobody knows what, how they're going to be involved in this. And it's because of Tom. And regardless of whether or not Erica knew, it is technically because of er- Erica is the housewife here. Tom is her husband. Like, let us not pretend that the reality isn't real it's not blaming her it's stating factual information and she presented a very clear narrative about tom that tom also celebrated and loved of like i'm just an aw shucks every man here in my you know pasadena chateau or whatever it is like i am just in every you know it's just no matter what what the thing is uh, how much i make from it it's just really all about doing good we all participated in this we all believed it and erica may have too it doesn't it that actually to me isn't even the question the question is like now we know he wasn't so what are you doing about it because to make this into a contest of who is the better friend why do we even care what value aside from time is she giving you right now that shows that she is even being a good friend to you Dorit saying I don't even remember what the word was but Dorit saying like you know like whether or not it was even you know x y and z it's not even that you participated blah 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 and she's quoting from the LA Times article which is on the public record and Erica says well you know a good friend wouldn't reference it a good friend wouldn't say anything at all well then what kind of fucking friend are you bitch like you brought this in (laughs) like are we not playing this game empathy to me is so important i love it i participate in it i love the gray but i also think erica god bless her i wish her well in her journey is like up to no good in these moments i'm sorry i'm sorry no that's what i was i was cracking up when kathy and garcelle were having their little side conversation about like oh it's about who's the better friend like because i'm like also you guys keep repeating how long you've known her you're like keep on saying that because you're going to be dragged into court to be like well let me since you've known her six years let's talk about the last six years and let's go down every trip you've ever been on every shopping excursion you've ever done like what you know did you see her pull out a credit card did you see her pull out a debit card Mm. like they're gonna like okay you've known her six years keep on repeating that but yeah like i yeah that's just stop acting like because because what they were saying in the Sutton meeting where Erica wasn't uh, there was exactly Mm -hmm. what they should have been saying to her is that I don't want my support of you to look like I support what you did so I need to understand your role in this but then you know as soon as they got in the room they, they got scared except obviously Sutton and Garcelle and I mean, the idea of like, I am the best friend because I am keeping my mouth shut as if that makes you in any way a good friend, which we're pretending stands in as good person is so 
wild. And the way that Rinna weaponized Denise keeping her private life and what is she doing in her own time from a sexuality perspective and sexual experience, not wanting to talk about that on camera and constantly referencing the ways that she tried to manipulate that moment for the season the way that Rinna did and her now saying well I asked questions before so you can't ask me to do that now after that fucking rape example where she was talking about how Harry guided her through counsel because they didn't want to come into contact with someone who was toxic and pretending that that example was against Denise yeah like if we're gonna take out that example which is horrifying in any circumstance Denise is not the one in this cast that comes to mind yeah that was the thing because you know when she kept trying to talk around like you know well yeah I did this to Denise but you know with Erica like we don't know and I'm like you also did not know with Denise you had made your own decision about it based on what Brandy Glanville told you just like we're making our decisions on Erica based on what the LA Times told us there's like major differences there but you know I mean she also had that line that was like what was it like princesses ask questions but I'm a dumb twat what was it it oh, was wait, um what was that she one? had this fucking line did i not write it down i 100 percent didn't um princess worry princesses worry about their reputations queens don't like what what where you did she the say court this jester at some point and i remembered it because sarah means princess in hebrew so i'm like <laughs> note to self anytime i hear princess i think about me um I don't I don't know. It was just in the context of trying to fuck with Sutton and whomever else. I mean, yeah, they they tried to make Sutton just look like, you know, especially when Erica was just like, you know, reading the L.A. Times article as you so thoroughly did. And I'm like, yes. And I love that the, that L.A. Times, you know, threw the shade mm. back at Erica, you know, like you all should read as Sutton did, because it's like, yeah, of course, we're going to read this article. This is the first time we got a detailed account of everything that has been happening over years of course we're going to read it thoroughly and I stand a queen who has notes especially a spreadsheet you know I love a Tiffany Moon spreadsheet and I love a Mm. a work a printed out notes that we're going to like have a discussion about I mean there were so many moments I just passed away in this episode I just was like I, I will never be as I will never feel the love and just self joy that I felt while watching this episode for the first time. This the comment that Sutton made that like really pissed off these women of like, did you speak to attorneys about the narrative around Tom's condition or whatever it was? I or or no, did you speak to attorneys about the uh, how you would speak about him in the press or whatever? And people pounced on that because they were like attorney client privilege. I think Sutton didn't communicate it or we didn't hear it in the way that which is different from how I interpreted it. I think I understand what Sutton was saying, which is like, have you been colluding with his counsel, which has nothing to do. They are not your attorneys. That's not a matter of attorney client privilege because you have been very specific and very strategic about talking about his 
mental state and whether or not he's devolved in his physical condition, which to me is, as Sutton said, very unrelated to the majority of these crimes, which have been going on for well over a decade, allegedly. So I, there are ways that she was avoiding and weaponizing response that she could have answered of course, I understand why she didn't legally, but it's not a strange question to ask. No. And that's the thing. Like we understood the questions because again, that prior meeting they had, mm-hmm. it was all very clear. You know, she had her notes, but once she got in that room, she didn't have her notes. Plus she had people who were now backpedaling. And mm-hmm. so it was a little bit more flustering because now she has to like get across what she's saying. And she's got Rena like throwing jabs at her. She's got Dorit who's like, I didn't say, you know, in like, uh, I just, we knew what she was trying to get across. And yeah, unfortunately she didn't get to get it across in the same way, but exactly. That's exactly what she was coming to. And Garcelle saying, first off, I have a family reason. I have someone in my family who's going through a similar experience that the victims of Tom's crimes are right now. And I just don't understand as I feel anger uh, for what my sister is going through why you aren't expressing any about Tom. The fact that that wasn't answered. I don't see Erica, and I get it, she's under attack and everything else. She's feeling the weight of the world. Um, She is toxic, as she said, and I forget the word at the beginning of, you know, when she entered the space. I mean, that is a fact. Um, uh, It's... I, I don't I don't I, I understand that she may be processing this in a way that is different from how I would. But I also do not see a single ounce of anger that she is willing to express, which is really odd to me. It's just honestly odd. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I was even surprised to hear this was the first time we've ever heard Erica even express any like sort of remorse towards the mm-hmm. victims at all. So that was also the first moment I was like, whoa, okay, she's saying it. All right, let's see where this goes. Um, but again, I just think that she, it's falling apart a little bit because the things that she was really planning to say and do I do think that Sutton and Garcelle are upsetting it a little bit. And I, and I appreciate that because like, we can't just stay on script the way you want us to stay on script. Like let's get to the meat of it and thank God they're there because otherwise she would have absolutely kept on script the entire fucking time. And, um, but now she has to like pull out parts of her real her, which I think is hard for her because she doesn't want to show Erica Chahuli or what's sorry Chahuli Chahoy Chahoy she doesn't want us to see Erica Chahoy she wants us to see you know Beverly Hills Girardi Erica Jane and so I think it's it's rocking her boat a little bit but it's also it's such good TV what's the Drew Barrymore movie where she was like Julia Gulia like that's (laughs) this is the moment of like you don't want us to see the nerd in high school but like Add on a couple felonies to that. Not that you're being charged with that your husband is under consideration for. Um, yeah, I I think that the problem that Erica is facing is that she is able to 
um, dictate and maintain some environment of control while uh, Garcelle and Sun kind of chip away at that wall. The problem though that she is facing is that it's no longer a matter of like Radar Online or whatever tabloid, the New York Post, or it's it's not just the tabloids who are covering this. It's legitimate Pulitzer winning journalists. So when she says stuff within hours, it can get fact checked. People can check public records. When she says, I don't find out about a lawsuit before it hits the press and people are like, here are the receipts of when you were successfully personally served before even the season started filming. So when she's saying, and also if the LA Times is doing this huge uh, piece of investigative journalism they have a duty to contact you for a comment. Like the worst people in the world are contacted for a comment because that is a part of doing a balanced job. And I also think of that in the sense of that fucking Sutton lunch because of course Erica, which Sutton talks about on the after show, she's like, Erica was absolutely tipped off and I don't begrudge it. I expected it, but I'm strong enough to take it. And I was like, queen. Um, But you know, my guess is that since a lot of the people understandably expressed apprehension specific to being involved in a narrative about orphans and uh, people, families of people who died in plane crashes, about those funds being stolen, I am sure that that was also shared with her. I mean, she is also not dumb, so she gets that that piece is missing, which to me has an influence in her being like, of course, they're the center of the story. Of course, they're the victim, which is both true and also strategic. And she also like the saddest part is that she needs to realize that the women that are asking the most questions are the better friends simply mm. for the fact that because these people are going to be buzzing around because they're inter- they are intertwined in your life at this point. And so people are going to reach out to them. And if they're a true friend, they're like, I need to know the whole story and I need to know what is going on. I need to know what to say and what not to say. I need to understand. Like if, if my friend was in trouble, if they didn't want to implicate me, I would understand like maybe why they wouldn't want to share some things, but I, I just would need to know like, <clears throat> what do you know? And what do I need to know? Because if people start coming at me, I just need to understand what to say or do. I also think they deserve answers. Like they just deserve answers. This is regardless of whether or not Erica knew, which again, we will never know. We will never know. And I do think that there are ways that you can consider her a victim, not the largest one, but absolutely a victim. And it sounds like her relationship with Tom was really fucked in in many ways. And the choices that she also made in her marriage as well, like understanding all of that, there are serious questions here that remain unanswered like and it did not help to me that fucking Teddy Joe was there regardless of whether or not she was a supporter of Erica because she has the fucking Fox Force 3 over here okay like your ass wasn't on the show for it is wild to me and I get you know she was fired and Kyle is one of her best friends and Kyle wants to like get her back on camera. And, you know, also she is genuinely a good friend of Erica's in the weird ways that they navigate that ally friendship. And what does even being a good friend to Erica mean this way? Just blind support. So they put Teddy into this 
dynamic who's like, you know, you're not uh, you're presumed innocent, uh, innocent until proven guilty, which is a term used for criminal cases. But you are not afforded that right in civil ones, which everyone is getting wrong in this. Um, but Teddy being there being like, we'll never know. So she deserves our support. What does support look like? Because she's not supporting her friends. She's weaponizing friendship. So, like, what does support mean? Is support silence? If support is silence, what does that say about your friend? Exactly. And also, if you're if you're giving me little lies here and there, I mean, when she straight up lied to Garcelle, when she said, oh, I don't know anything about a third party, you mm-hmm. straight up lied to her. If you're going to lie to me about that, that, well, what else are you going to lie to me about? Of course, now I'm going to question everything that comes out of your mouth. And I can get why she lied. It just so happens that she's very good at lying. So when you have a period of lying, maybe it's to protect your marriage. Maybe it's because you have an understanding of what fidelity means in the context of your marriage. It's like really specific to the two of you. Maybe you're saying that because you don't know. Like maybe your way of being able to say no and not feel like you're lying is because you truly don't know that other person's name. You know, like there are ways that she can navigate that in her own like systems within but it doesn't negate from the fact that if you told somebody something and then you're presenting this new truth on the public record, there is a discrepancy in between. And to address the discrepancy is not being a bad person or a bad friend. It is someone who just has questions because you gave them a different response. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why that is a wild concept. It's not, but... It's not one that Rinna has ever held until just now when it works, when she thinks that this is an investment that she has decided to double down. And I don't mean financial because there's this whole fucking thing in the Bravo sphere of did Erica and I don't believe any of it. And I actually truly don't care. And when Rinna went and watched what happens, she's like, I would never invest with a friend. I believed her and I would do the same and just separate. (laughs) Yeah. It's so stupid. And also like, to me it's dumb and also if erica is telling us she doesn't know where 20 million dollars came from while spending it do you really think that like we're even gonna get anywhere with this but it is the question of like there's a lot of rumors and a lot of conversation happening it does not help that we're constantly being presented with a different truth no and i just i i legit just think that rena she loves being close to anything that is newsworthy whether it is positive or negative because if it doesn't have to deal with her specifically it doesn't really matter right like i mean look we we still see faye resnick pop up every once in a while or at least her name mm-hmm. think about it like just being attached to that sort of scandal infamy is Something that can keep your name in the headlines. And I just, you know, we know Renna is a marketer. I mean, look, she 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 was the first person we saw in her, you know, age rage to wear depends, right? Mm-hmm. Like she'll she will market anything and she'll market a friendship. I mean, if I did it is not the worst name for a book. <laughs> is all I'm gonna say. OJ did it. I'm going to say is if you're looking for that check and something tells me you're going to need to find a way to make a significant amount of funds. Oh, yeah. Write about it. Write it, regret, say it, regret it, write it, say it, regret it, whatever. Well, says. that's well, that's what I've always I mean, my whole thing is the only way Erica is going to successfully get out of this is by 
exactly kind of what she's doing because she already has mm-hmm. this, she doesn't have a judgment against her, but she has an order that, you know, the 11 million ju- judgment, they can come after her. They, they made that decision, mm-hmm. right? So she's going to have to sell the rights to something. She's going to have to write a book. She's going to have to tell it all. She's going to have to do something to secure that amount of money because if that judgment can go against her, that means people are going to line up. That means other judgments might come against her. And I, uh, I also, I cannot believe she's still on the show, but I'm so thankful that she is. Cause this is like some of the best housewives narrative storytelling. The stakes could not be fucking higher. And I, my guess is that she will 1000% be back next season. And I am completely fine with that. And, and it even just, it gets me so much more excited about Salt Lake City because oh my God. Erica, I will say, I think she's a very composed woman that yes. doesn't go off the handle. Oh, Jen Shaw. <laughs> this is going to be, oh, it's going to be some of the best TV. I, I just, I can't, I can't wait. Jen, talk about gaslighting. Jen Shaw took like improv one-on-101 and she's doing her yes and of like you want to tell me what being a bad friend is well I'm gonna say that you also maybe got me into all of this trouble and maybe that's worse than the actual crime because Meredith Marks like maybe you know you and your son Brooks who doesn't like me like did you guys call the FBI a decade before we met like it's possible (laughs) and I'm gonna be very upset about it and I'm gonna scream and you guys are gonna be forced into a role of having to comfort me I mean Jesus but I, you know what, I thank God for that because, you know, I did feel that Meredith fell flat in the first season. Like mm-hmm. she just didn't do it for me. And even just on the trailer alone, that is going to ignite a fire under her ass. And uh, I can't wait for it. I mean, I have to say as a New Yorker, like Meredith's energy last season, I was just like, I mean, and you're a New Yorker as well, even though you're living in LA. How dare you? <laughs> um, But her dry AF I was like I could not get more of it I was like disengaged further for me like I so just get the combination of that but now she's gonna get a little bit hot because (laughs) Jen's coming after her kid are you fucking kidding me like yes this is the like the Hebrew superhero version of Real Housewives (laughs) and I'm like yes please like Marvel are you listening like holy fucking shit well, yeah, and that's right, because I know Ma- Ma- both Meredith and Lisa, they're both Sagittariuses, and I know how we are, which is why, like... What's I, a sa- I don't know what it means. I just know what I am. Um, well, Sagittarius, like, there's lots of things. I will say that we are, we can be loud. We can be very, we're very free, and we mm. usually say whatever is on our mind, and some that sometimes that comes across as, like, tactless, but mm-hmm. we're very direct, pointed, but we make really good friends. We're very free spirited. We're very fun. Usually the life of the party. Um, but oh yeah. God, I'm so into that. <laughs> I mean, I have to say shout out to uh, to Orange County Housewives, Shannon Bador day before my birthday and Vicki Gumbelson with whom I have a birthday <sighs> share. So that's always a fun experience oh. on Instagram. <laughs> Um, and she hasn't acknowledged it every year. I'm like, Vicky, we have the same birthday. I've never, not once gotten a birthday woohoo as I continue to go back in time. Um, listen, I do want to get your thoughts before we wrap on Dallas. Uh, may its memory be a blessing or possibly for Cam a curse. 
Yeah, you know, again, I was never a, a Dallas. I didn't start watching Dallas when it started. I I started watching it and I binged like three seasons at once. And so then I started watching it. Um, look, I love Mama D. I love mm. Tiffany. I love Deandra. Mm-hmm. And um, I will be sad. It, you know, I don't think they're going to come back to Peacock. Um, I think that the show's done, but yeah, I think that they just have to say pause because... Um, I don't think that's the last we've seen of those three though. So Mm -hmm. I do think that's good, but, um, you know, I'm never too sad. You know, when DC happened, I was living in DC when the DC, um, series was and. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) You were there during Tarek and Mikhail? I was. And I would drive, I would drive by their house. Like, yeah. (laughs) The one that they rented for the day (laughs) with photos of other people. Oh, this is my good friend. Yeah. Well, don't um, ask. So when that was like, you know, a, a one season, you know, wonder, I was like sad because, you know, it's like when you're in that city, you feel some type of way. But I, I'm never really too sad when franchises go away because I just think there's more opportunities in other cities. Because here's the thing, like, here's how I feel is that, you know, in California, we are going to get a lot of people with actual money because a lot of it's new money right Mm. and they're very used to the like just being on shows and so they don't care they're willing to spill it all and so we'll get that drama new york is a hard one because true new york old money Mm -hmm. we don't even see those people they are Mm -hmm. hidden behind upper east side multiple brownstones Mm -hmm. we'll never see that money and so a lot of times the new york is like it's a little bit weird because you're getting people that maybe have connections in the circle, but are using this as like a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like these cities like Salt Lake City, where it's like, there is a cosmopolitan atmosphere. There are people with money, but maybe they don't need as much money as New York does, but we can see the glitz and the glam. Cause look, I look, I look for that stuff. I really do watch housewives for the glitz and the glam. Like I like all of the things that happen within it, but I'd like to see, that's why this, this lockdown vacations have been killing me because just them getting on sprinters. <laughs> oh my God. I hate it so <laughs> I hate much. It. I hate it so much. Um, <sighs> so I like that aspect. It's like, I don't expect everyone to be like, super wealthy but mm-hmm. i just uh, more than me i can get on a sprinter van and drive down right? like where is my why isn't it covered in diamonds or something like why aren't you guys burning cash in the back like give me something and like when they do it once in a while like look shaws they can do they can go to the red oh but because yeah, when they're that's... on the bus first right. of all they're wearing like ten thousand dollars in track suits <laughs> liquid gold i love it I mean, their water has diamonds in it, or at least yeah. it was made that way. Yes. Like we, the Shaws, the Shaws of Sunset do not fuck around. Um, listen, I could talk to you all day, but um, I won't do that because I need to have you back ASAP. Can you tell the folks a little bit more about the new pod that's premiering next week and where they can listen? It's so exciting. I'm so, 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 so excited for you. Yes, everyone has to download and they have to go and rate and review it. Pretty much it's wherever you listen to podcasts. If it's Spotify, if it's Apple Podcasts, it's Stitcher, wherever. Um, but it's I'm sorry, it's on Lemonada Media. And really, you know, if anyone who's followed me on the Talk of Shame page for a while knows that's kind of where I got my start was mm-hmm. I call myself the queen of call-outs. But you know, it's not just to call people out for no reason. I really want to have a conversation. And that's really where it is. It's like, okay, you've said, I'm sorry, but now what? Cause we're in a sort of wild, wild west of this apology culture of this cancel culture. And we're sort of lumping 
people who've committed heinous crimes like Harvey Weinstein mm -hmm. in the same boat as like um, someone who like had a bad tweet in 2011. Mm -hmm. And I don't think those two things necessarily belong in the same boat, but that's where we're putting them, right? And so like, let's get into the nuances. Let's understand um, apologies. And so we're gonna be obviously talking about apologies that are happening real time. We're gonna go back in history and re-examine some old apologies. And really, I wanna come up with a new set of like rules. Like what are the rules around the apology? Um, and does everyone need to be quote canceled? Like what is the redemption arc for people? And so we're gonna just talk a lot of deep dives. So I do, we do a lot of deep dives and it's gonna be fun. I love it. That could not sound like a better fit for you. It's so phenomenal. And, you know, to all of us who follow you on social at the talk of shame, it's just always a fantastic experience because you do you are able to deliver a perspective that's based in truth and fact, but done in a way where you are open and embracing the world of nuance. And that's a really difficult path to take it is much easier to just categorize people as x or y and i'm just so appreciative for the gifts that you give us on social and i'm going to be first in line subscribing uh, i can't wait to hear it so congrats to you thank you uh listen guys i'm not sorry uh that you signed up for my patreon i am so appreciative to it at patreon.com slash andy scrolls the number way to number one way to support the pod with exclusive bonus episodes and invites to special events and more there's a satchel of gold spectacular that's new up this weekend i have so many satchels from you guys about erica about so much else a little bit about new york god forbid and um some stuff i want want to get into some just kind of like behind the scenes stuff about the pod so patreon.com slash andy's girls follow both of us on social kiki at the talk of shame me at dame galley uh trying to get to that k trying to get to that k kiki let's have yes. a kiki if i get to that yes. k Okay. One day, one day. <laughs> uh, guys, I hope you are staying safe, staying sane, getting vaccinated if you can. If you see that woman on the upper E telling her to shut the fuck up. And we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.